Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and this is a special episode because a while back, iHeartRadio and the Metaverse invited me to come do a video that was released exclusively on Roblox and Fortnite. Uh, And in it, They let me go on pretty much as much as I wanted about bacteria. It was a dream I never knew I had. Uh, So that was a thing that I did. uh, But now we wanted to bring that script and all of the weird stuff in it to you. Because, okay, bacteria are tiny organisms that only consist of a single cell without so much as a cell nucleus to direct them. Yet they do incredible things. They're all around us and inside us, doing cool stuff of their own accord. But we humans have also harnessed them to do all kinds of work for us. We've talked here before about the dirt bacteria responsible for petrichor, which is the smell after a rain, and the gut bacteria that lets squirrels build muscle even while they hibernate, and the cyanobacteria that turned Earth's ancient oceans pink for eons before green algae hit the scene. Also, over on another podcast I do called Savor, we talk all the time about how the byproducts of bacteria that are just living their lives help produce some of our favorite foods and flavors, 
from tangy cheeses to crunchy pickles to rich chocolate and coffee. And that's just stuff that we've already covered. Today, we're going to go on a tour of the bacterial microverse. Let's start our tour on a perhaps uncomfortably personal level. The bacteria in your guts. Okay, the community of microorganisms that lives on and inside you is known as the human microbiome. It's perhaps surprisingly large. Back in 2016, scientists estimated that, on average, you probably have slightly more bacterial cells in your body than you have cells of your own. A healthy microbiome helps your skin stay clear, your guts digest food, your immune system learn how to fight. Healthy gut microbes even seem to help reduce people's anxiety and improve their mood. And research suggests that our microbiomes have their own circadian rhythms, just like we do, and that these daily rhythms have a lot of impact on our health. Circadian rhythms are an organism's patterns of activity and rest throughout any given day and night. Okay. A few years back, there was a study done in mice. Using cutting-edge DNA sequencing technology, the research team found that the microbial communities living in the guts of mice have a pretty regular routine. Uh, Different types of bacteria hang out in their own areas of the intestines in the morning, move around during the day, and end up in a different place at night, then do it all over again. So, each part of a mouse's gut experiences differences in numbers and species of bacteria over a 24-hour period. And that's not all. And this migration affected organs in the mice that weren't even close to the gut. For example, the daily rhythms of those gut bacteria, depending on the time of day, changed the liver's ability to do its job producing useful stuff and getting rid of waste. This isn't just super weird which it is, uh, it could eventually help doctors understand how the time of day and the health of your microbiome may make a difference in treating some diseases. Also, the researchers found that the mouse's own circadian rhythms were essentially driven by those of its microbiome. There was no separating the two. They said that we should all think of ourself and our microbiome as a single superorganism. But, As much as we're still learning about the bacteria that are most personal to us, humans have figured out a lot of ways to put other bacteria to work. Even though most are too small to be seen without a microscope, their strength is in their numbers. If you can convince bacteria to produce a certain substance, and you can get them to thrive, a colony of bacteria will produce that substance for you on an industrial scale. Everything from flavorings used in the food industry to human insulin is made this way. Take butter flavoring. Originally, butter was butter-flavored because of helpful bacteria cultures that aid in transforming liquid milk into this solid fat, which is butter. As those bacteria worked, they also happened to excrete compounds that we humans experience as flavors. Butter flavor is bacteria poop. However, a lot of butter sold these days, certainly in the United States, is what's called sweet cream butter, which has not gone through a bacterial culturing process, and thus doesn't taste particularly buttery. Some of this is just sold as is, but some of it has butter flavor added in. And in order to make that butter flavoring, sometimes scientists create it in a lab, that's called artificial flavoring, 
but sometimes they turn back to bacteria and use bacterial colonies to produce the flavor molecules. That can be labeled natural flavoring. And, of course, we apply both of these types, natural and artificial, to all kinds of baked goods, candies, and popcorn seasonings. But we bend bacteria to more experimental uses, too. For example, take the team-up of glowing bacteria and lasers to detect and then disarm landmines. There may be more than 100 million landmines lurking underground in former conflict zones around the world. And for a long time, the best way to remove them was by sending a volunteer into a minefield with a metal detector. Not ideal. That's why a team of researchers engineered E. coli bacteria that glow when they encounter vapors from buried landmines and other unexploded devices. It turns out that all landmines leak explosive vapors that build up in the soil directly above these devices. And the living bacteria are placed inside tiny polymer beads that drones then scatter across the minefields. When they encounter the landmines' emissions, the bacteria begin to fluoresce and the researchers can use a laser-based system to map the terrain and identify danger zones. Once the landmines have been found, specially trained humans are still the most effective at disarming them, though robots have also been engineered for the task. Meanwhile, other researchers in other labs are tackling whole other problems, like shortages of blood for transfusions. So, okay, humans have various blood types. If you need a transfusion, uh, say you're injured in an accident or you're in the operating room awaiting a procedure, you need the right type of blood, either the same type as your own or type O negative, which is considered universal, which means that everyone's body will accept it. You can't give someone a transfusion of just any old type of blood because uh, red blood cells come with different types of sugar molecules on their surface. And this is what makes transfusions troublesome. Type B blood, for example, naturally contains antibodies that will make your immune system attack the sugars that occur on type A blood cells, and vice versa. And you do not want your immune system attacking your new blood. Type O blood has neither of these sugars on its surface, so it isn't attacked by anyone's immune system, which is why type O is in such great demand. So, some researchers out of Vancouver figured that if they could destroy those pesky sugars, they could create type O blood from any type of blood. And to find that weapon of sugary destruction, we're going to have to go back into your gut. In the walls of our intestines, there are bacteria known to feed on similar sugars. So, the researchers got some samples of poop, isolated the bacteria, sequenced their DNA, and found the genetic code for the enzymes that the bacteria use to break down those sugars when they eat them. And it worked. Research is ongoing to make sure it's safe and scalable, but this could help make blood shortages a thing of the past. A side note here, um, I've been talking a lot today about genetic engineering, which is a little bit controversial in some circles, mostly due to fears and misunderstandings about what it entails. Uh, but the thing is, it's just a technology. Uh, can it be used irresponsibly? Sure. Uh, like any tool, genetic engineering can be used for good or ill. Like the same telephone technology that keeps you in touch with your grandma can also be used to scam your grandma. Genetic engineering is just another type of tool, and it can be used for awesome stuff or to scam grandma. 
But okay, back to bacteria. Of course, not all of them are helpful. Uh, Figuring out how to deal with ones that can make us sick is tricky, because they're generally really good at what they do. And again, their strength is in numbers and in quick life cycles. In the course of a human lifetime, generations upon generations of bacteria can evolutionarily adapt to resist our best weapons against them, like antibiotics. So, as you may have heard, traditional antibiotics are becoming less effective at helping us stop bacterial infections. Antibiotics work by slowing down or killing bacteria to the point that your immune system can fight off an infection. But the specific ways that a lot of the classics work tend to be easily foiled by evolution. Uh, For example, lots of antibiotics destroy bacteria by basically poking holes in their outer cell walls. The critters with stronger cell walls survive and multiply, and future generations aren't as likely to be harmed by poking. This is a major problem because, okay, look, humans only discovered antibiotics in 1928, uh, less than 100 years ago. The ability of antibiotics to fight bacterial disease seemed so rad that for decades, we threw them at everything, even mild infections, or to prevent possible infections in healthy farm animals, or as a placebo in patients who had viral infections yet demanded medicine. That's how we've wound up with antibiotic-resistant infections, like methylene-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, also called MRSA because that's a lot easier to say. This is a germ that used to just cause skin infections, but can now be deadly in hospital patients. So scientists are looking into all kinds of new sources of antibiotics that might work in different ways, like compounds that they've isolated from cockroach brains, or frog skin, or platypus milk. I would not kid you about platypus milk. Uh, But researchers are also talking about switching from the brute force tactics of antibiotics to actually outsmarting bacteria. But okay, how do you outsmart something that doesn't have a brain or even a cell nucleus? It turns out that despite all of this, bacteria do communicate with each other. They're not texting emoji. Uh, This is called quorum sensing. A quorum is the minimum number of team members that you need to get something done, like uh, play basketball or turn on or off different bits of genetic code that might, for example, make a bacterium more or less virulent to an infected host. Or maybe it makes the bacterium form a protective spore around itself. A bacteria can sense a quorum through signaling molecules. These are called autoinducers. The bacteria create and then emit them, either passively or actively, depending on the situation. And so, as the bacterial population grows, so does the concentration of autoinducers in their environment. Once it reaches a concentration detectable by the bacteria, the signal is received, and the bacteria make a change for the good of themselves and the colony. Also, a fun and or terrifying fact, bacteria are not limited to communicating with their own species. Some of these signals work among different species of bacteria. This isn't always cooperative. Some bacteria seem to engage in quorum-sensing espionage while competing for resources. Anyway, uh, lots of different research teams are studying quorum-sensing and looking for ways to disrupt it or to artificially stimulate it in order to pass false information around bacterial colonies. So they're looking into the chemicals and enzymes used in the process, 
plus the mechanisms that bacteria have for creating and detecting them. But okay, all of the bacterial shenanigans that we have discussed so far today are happening right under, or on, or in our noses. Uh, But there are whole other bacterial worlds out there, and one of them is deep under our own. An international group of over a thousand scientists spent 10 years uncovering the secrets of deep life, a stunningly diverse population of microscopic organisms miles inside Earth's surface. Some of those bacteria, and other mostly single-celled organisms, live off of little more than the energy of surrounding rocks and can survive in temperatures hotter than boiling water. The project is called Deep Carbon Observatory, and it aims to understand how carbon, uh, this element that is essential to life as we know it, forms and moves within the Earth. They estimate the amount of carbon underneath the surface is hundreds of times more than the carbon in every human being combined. During the course of their studies, the scientists drilled over one and a half miles, that's two and a half kilometers, into the sea floor. They captured samples in mines and boreholes from depths more than twice that. They took the data from hundreds of sites to get an idea of what an ecosystem in subterranean rock looks like. The biosphere they've uncovered is thought to be twice the volume of all of our oceans. This new world underneath the surface may be even more diverse than life on Earth. Yet these microbes are nothing like life on Earth. Many have life cycles measured in geologic terms. The implications of these findings are wide-ranging. These organisms can live and thrive in highly pressurized environments with few nutrients and in temperatures that would kill organisms on the surface. They may now give us clues about the possibility of life in other areas, including on other planets. But on this world, where we, again, unfortunately often, try to exterminate all bacteria, a team of scientists is designing a germ bank where microbes can be stored out of harm's way and possibly used to ward off disease in the future. The vault's official name is the Microbiota Vault. It would be used to preserve microbes that are at risk of being wiped off the planet as civilization moves into areas where nature once ruled, microbes that we don't even know about yet, and catalog variants of more familiar ones. After all, the bacteria in and around us have co-evolved with us for hundreds of thousands of years. They help us make our food and digest our food. They can help us manufacture life-saving medicines and discover new solutions to all kinds of problems. The least we can do is return the favor because we have so much more to learn from them. Today's episode is based on a number of articles on HowStuffWorks.com, including Using Glowing Bacteria and Lasers to Detect Landmines, written by L'Oreal Dove, How Close Are We to Creating a Universal Blood Type, written by John Donovan, How Do Bacteria Communicate, written by Molly Edmonds, 10 Weirdest Sources for Antibiotics, written by Patrick J. Kiger, and Scientists Call for a Global Germ Bank, written by Chris Opfer. There's also some additional material written by me. Uh, For more about how bacteria poop makes our food, check out my other podcast, Savor. And hey, thanks to iHeartRadio for the opportunity to visit iHeartland in the metaverse, which gave me the excuse to write this strange script. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.